everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 483. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami. Whoa. Besides the snow, how is everybody doing tonight? Oh, God, I feel so tired. I got to stay home from work for the last two days and enjoy the snow, at least looking at it, so I'm good. (laughs) Snow day! Hype in the chat for snow day! And hype in the chat for those who may not have enjoyed the snow day, but... Uh, maybe you enjoyed a cup of hot cocoa or listening to your favorite book on uh, Audible or whatever uh, service you use for that or, uh, you know, enjoyed blanket forts and stuff. Um, yeah, I have I've... been overly enjoying my loose leaf tea so much so that I'm almost out of loose leaf tea. I saw you post about that the other day and I was like, try it. You better watch out, Mako, coming for their brand. Yeah, that's not I good. Look into a couple of them. <laughs> I haven't left my apartment in the entire day. I mean, I didn't have work, and I heard there was going to be... I was still, you know, snowing. Pre- those, the roads are still a mess. I'm just like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, you guys got it much worse than we did. We got, like, a piddly, like, three to five inches. It wasn't very much, and it melted away super fast. But I've been watching the news for you guys. The problem is it's not going to melt all that, uh, all that soon here. Three to five inches. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Ichigo. That's nothing for me. I mean, that's French toast Are you party. happy now? Excuse me, I have to go and beat a cat. Well, go- probably could okay, have, okay, uh, all right. All right. So, with within the last thirty seconds, we found out that three to five inches isn't enough for Ichigo, and Mako has another pussy cat to deal with. Okay, I, I understand cabin fever, but. We are a family-friendly show, y'all. Have some manners. <laughs> and as you see, we also have a jester who enjoys his own humor. Welcome, welcome to the uh, the stream. <laughs> well, somebody has to. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anywho, we are live tonight, week of February 2nd, 2021, right here on Twitch TV. You can find us here every Tuesday night from 9.30 to 11 at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. And you can also find us also through the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com. And you can find us syndicated through them at Twitch TV slash vognetwork. And come hang out with us in Discord at uh, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show on the Voice of Geeks Network has a, um, has a channel, so come through, hang out, and have some fun with us. So, yeah, it's all in good fun, and I would say good faith, but then again, I honestly don't know anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Mm. Sounds like Mako-chan is back. Yeah. What did Damien do this time? Oh, it wasn't Damien. It was um, my cousin Donna's cat, Jeter. He was playing with 
a string that he found that happened to be attached to one of the dresses on the back of my uh, door. So I needed to go chase him away from it and fix that. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there are currently three cats roaming around in my apartment right now. Give Zoomine to Three's company. Yeah. One mm. is a visitor, and uh, he likes to explore, and he's a little bit crazy. <laughs> I mean, he does look I'm like I'm sure a... that makes for great Zoomies at 11 p.m. <laughs> He's he's actually not that bad. He does sleep quite a bit, uh, but he plays with the younger of uh, the two cats that are permanently in residence here. So the two of them do have some fabulous Zoomy episodes, um, leaving my old man alone for the most part. Crotchety old man, and uh, honestly, Jeter looks like the he's... other one. I forget the uh, the other one's name. Callie. Callie okay. uh, honestly, Jeter looks like he's too stoned to be doing anything. So. No. Just no, saying. he is uh he he's a wild one sometimes. Ah, uh, okay. He, he's a climber. Um most of the time though, he just likes to curl up and nap, but when he gets into a mood, he really gets into a mood. Curl up and nap, huh? Sounds like you're kind of cat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's Let's see, let's crank this up just a little. There we go, perfect. All right, all right. So let's go ahead and go through things. Um, let me bring this back over here. Let's kick things off with how was your week? How was your day, Ari? And um, right after this, I'll give everybody an update on what happened to all of us last week and then some. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's mostly been just work stuff for me. I mean, I did get paid today. Ka-ching. And, uh, you know, bills got taken care of. Uh, what is it? Uh, you know, debt consolidation thing went went through, card payment, all that good stuff. You know, you know February's nice because you know my birthday's coming up. But in mm-hmm. March, it's another uh, three check months, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be able to have enough money to, you know, you know, uh, you know, upgrade my computer. You know have money for that. Yep, yep. A lot, lot more of that stored away. Mm. And uh, I want to get a chase lounger for my uh, bedroom, not bedroom, living room, because all I have is just a love seat and a couple of awkward looking chairs. And I like to like lay on my side, my left side when I'm watching TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, the right arm of the couch, the love seat just uh, it makes it uncomfortable. Ari, right, I, I will have to say, you kind of remind me of the dude right now. Far out, man. The Ari abides. <laughs> yeah, I had gotten out of the shower after making tacos for dinner, and I'm just like, eh, this is good enough. Throw in the pajama pants, and uh, here I am. Bro, I-, I just want you to know, I just started wearing sweatpants to the stream. I-, I come in, you know, normally when I was working, you know, come in, you know, I would just change shirts. I'd still be basically in work gear, or if it's during the summer, I would change it to shorts but i think like the last couple of months i actually bought some sweatpants i'm like you know what i'm just gonna come home after i run my errands change out of my slacks i mean my cargoes put on a nice comfy pair of sweats and just relax that's what i should that's what i've been doing i'm like 
I feel feel good, you know. <laughs> well, ninety percent of the time I'm in my pajamas anyway because I go straight to bed because I have to get up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that's why my I always look kind of ragged on some of these streams. Please. I, last I recall, I don't think any of us need to come here, come to the stream live with our very best threads. You know, we're we're just here to just chill out. You know, that's the way I look at it. So this also, is why I'm not on camera. <laughs> also, I filled up my apartment with smoke, making candy bacon earlier. Well, Mako, that and when you are on camera, you do look like Mandy from Grim Adventures, so the slightest tick in your face is going to cause something to explode. Uh, yeah. Or knowing her, we'll cause her to explode. Well, we, we need all the viewers that we can, so we don't need their equipment exploding, so, you know. But that's the fun of it. <laughs> And why do you think Koi keeps coming on the show? And, and this is why you remind me of Maze from Lucifer, okay? Thank you. That and the knives. Yeah. Anywho, Ari, thanks for the update. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've just been enjoying the hell out of the snow um i'm one of those really weird people that enjoy it Mm -hmm. um but i enjoy it when i don't have to actually do anything for it so (laughs) like yesterday um i worked from home for the uh first part of the day and then they ended up giving us four hours of pto because they closed the office um, but those that could work from home were able to work from home. Right. But for those that didn't, they basically said, hey, we'll give you four hours of PTO and, you know, you can figure out how you want to get those extra four hours, whether that's working later or whatever. That sounds cool. Um, so I worked for half a day and then the other half I went out and cleaned off my car. Um, but basically, I looked at my car and I moved the snow off of my car and said, "Yeah, that's good enough." <laughs> so, getting to work home today was awesome because I haven't even seen my car. I have no idea the additional snow and what it looks like. <laughs> uh, so I don't have to deal with that until tomorrow. Additional snow? That's a tomorrow problem. <laughs> well, you figure I went out yesterday at about mm, two o'clock right. to clean my car. Since two o'clock yesterday, it has um, snowed and we've had additional accumulation of snow and rain and sleet and it's wet and it's gross and it's nasty outside. So I haven't been out there, but I have, you know, considering it snowed off and on all day, whatever accumulated since two o'clock yesterday on my car. See, you talk about the mix of snow, sleet, rain, here it was it it light snow then stop dumped down on us a little bit of rain and sleet then back to more snow and then this afternoon we got like maybe a quarter of an inch drop down again so you know hey you know most mm. of the snow that's out there is so waterlogged mm. it's not even you know fun snow yeah. this it's heavy and wet and a pain in the ass to move Oh, it would be amazing snow to take and, you know, form into balls and hope that it drops down to freezing temperatures and then 
you know, peg somebody with it. <laughs> um, that's just Jesus. my opinion. <laughs> well, that's just my opinion. But, you know, that's the consistency of the snow. It's really good for, you know, ice balls. I mean, see, this... I didn't, th I didn't think I would ever have to go into the concussion protocol after a snowball fight. See, I am now reminded of... The... What? I play to win. <laughs> see... I'm reminded of the Calvin and Hobbes comic strips where, you know, Calvin would have a snowball in the freezer and he would take it out during the summer and just peg Susie with it. <laughs> I played a win. Lord. That's that, that's a step up from playing to win, you know. It's like, stop, stop, he's already dead, you know. What? If they can't fight back, I win. <laughs> Do you hear this woman? Yeah, that's a big brain play on Mako-chan. I mean, I can't, I can't hate. I can't hate, especially since, you know, I was watching Lucifer earlier, and it's the episode where, you know, the young girl Trixie is learning to use Maze's knives. I'm just like, that is like one of the most awesome shit ever. I mean, a seven-year-old that knows how to use deadly knives. I mean, that's awesome. Actually, no, I think she's actually, yeah. I think she's actually... 10 by this time my bad you know i don't know i haven't watched the series in a while that's one of the ones i have to sit down and rewatch, <laughs> seeing as how you know it's done now i thought it was supposed to be another season after this yeah but by yeah. the time i actually get to watching it that season will be out yeah. and as sia tabiri says that sounds more like uh playing the mame oh if you only knew mame win same word <laughs> Okay, okay. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, it's been a time. Mm. Um, so, uh, for those who've been following any of me on social media, whatever, um, I recently replaced my computer rig um, with the assistance of lovely DJ Rama S here at Anime Jam Session at twitch.tv. Um, and so I have been um, dealing with... Uh, reloading all of that and redoing mm. my stream completely but i mean it still looks the same it just i had to since i use obs i had to upload all my plugins and stuff and it was just like a whole rigmarole so um i've been working on that and that has been a time and that's been pretty much what i've been doing all week um i'm really excited i just have a few more pieces to to get to um basically make like my non-vesa mount monitor vesa mm. compatible and then I shall have my new monstrosity and it's great. And I'm very excited. And I, I have honestly been chewing people's ears off. So I am sorry. No, there's no, nothing wrong I'm with that. And it's funny that you mentioned getting your non vase monitor vase ready. I have another friend who just upgraded her machine because her ex is a douchebag and I'm helping her get it up and running. And the monitor that she has is not Vesa compatible. I'm just like, what do you mean? It's not Vesa compatible and i'm sitting here going monitors in the last five years have that vesa standard how does it not but we ended up i ended up finding an adapter for her monitor that makes it vesa compatible so we're yeah, good yeah that's nice there are some companies like human centric and a few other companies out there that will uh, do make like 3d printed mounts or mounts that are compatible but unfortunately the LG monitor that I am borrowing from my hubs until I can afford to get a secondary monitor um, is is not VESA compatible because it's just a little too old. He's a little too old, honey. Um, uh, stay off a human-centric. They, they charge way too much money for what they're offering. Believe you me. And I, I 
like I understand like why they charge what they do, but at the mm -hmm. same time, yeah, like if I if I had more like 3D printing minded brain and I like had the 3D printer, like that's a big part of like 3D printing, I think, is having the the material, the filament, and maybe the printer too. I don't know, guys. Mm -hmm. Chat, you can you can uh, chime in on that, but um, I have some friends that have 3D printers. I'm just not. I don't. I've never worked in like Shapeways well, or uh, Thingamajigs or whatever the mm -hmm. other programs are to make them. So it yeah. would be, it would be a project. The, the, and I, uh, like I was telling Ronma the other day, I get tech tired. <laughs> uh, you like I can sew all day long, and I can do tech stuff. We can talk tech. I can talk some. I can talk some turkey, some chicken, whatever. <laughs> but my brain at the end of the day, I just staring at screens it makes me very tired but yeah that's basically what i've been working on all week is getting my rig up and running so that this thursday i can come back with a punch a one-two punch and hopefully have a really nice stream gotcha and we can't wait for that yay all right so my weekend day is the same well you know i've just been chilling at home you know just taking care of stuff around the house and you know and here we are so here's what happened with last week's show so, excuse me. So, so Mako Chan messages me and says, uh, she's not feeling well, so I'm not going to be able to do the show. No problem. I have a rule of three. I got to have at least three people to work with if I have to. If not, there is no show. Granted, I could do it with two, but it's, to me, it's a lot more entertaining when you can bounce off of like two other people making it three. So that's not a problem. Then later, Ichigo messages me saying she's not feeling well. She will stick around, but she may have to bail on the way, like, towards the end of the show. Now, as you all know, from time to time, Ari will bounce out a little bit before the end of the show because he has to get up early for work. So that's completely understandable. But I don't know what time Ichigo's going to bounce in and out. So I'm just like, uh, let me see if I can get uh, Wild Spice or Koi Bug to join us even though it was very last minute, and I had a feeling they, they couldn't do it, and unfortunately they were not able to, which is completely understandable. I really don't expect anyone to drop everything at the last minute to join for a last minute thing. So, I'm like, we'll make the best of it. If she bows out around a certain time, it's me and Ari, we got this covered. Then I get stuck on the train for about an hour. For those of you who live in New York City, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't, let me summarize it for you. Signal er, signal issues. I was literally four to five stops away from my house. And I'm sitting there with my groceries and my dinner. And I couldn't get an Uber to get me home. An Uber would have gotten me home in about... 10 to 15 minutes tops. But I could not get one. I did not get into... By the time the train started up and got me home, and, and I got into this house, it was like 10 after 9, and I was like, I... No. No. I am not properly mentally prepared to do a show. Because from 9 to 9.25 is when I fire up everything on the system, get everything prepped, ready to go. I don't have that when that time period. So it's like. And then the next day, I'm sick for a couple of days. It was just like a heavy, heavy cold, but I am fine. 
I was going to go get tested, but as you can see, due to the snow, it was kind of hard for me to leave my house. And since I don't really leave my house unless I absolutely have to, I'm fine. And then today, and, and I think this probably happens to a couple of us from time to time, and I get that. Have you ever left your house and realized that you forgot your mask? Uh, once or twice I did. Yeah. But uh, I usually have one stashed away in the car or I'll just like notice it in time and just run back in and get it. See, I see. I change between like hoodies and jackets and coats on the regular, so it's hard for me to keep one on the ready. But like right over here... Um, you can't see it too well, but next to the red goalie co uh, container sitting upside down is a cereal bowl full of masks. So when I walk over to grab my jacket or my coat, I can grab a mask and put it right here and just go, you know. And, and the funny thing is, I didn't do that today. And I, I went... I went up the street to go drop off my medication. I did. I get to the Rite Aid, and I'm just like, there are people outside. And I see an employee standing outside. I'm like, oh, I can get a mask from him. Great, you know? No, come to find out the Rite Aid by me is closed because someone popped positive for COVID. That'll do it. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was take my meds. I just wanted to drop it off, and I'd come for it tomorrow. The guy tells me, just come back tomorrow. I'm like, I just wanted to drop it off. I, whatever. Thankfully, the MTA actually had masks, so I was able to grab a mask, put it on, you know. And I woke up to the uh, up to the window, and I didn't even say that. I just pointed and just like kind of wrapped it like this. Like, I just need a mask, you know. But other than that, it was a pretty decent day so that's basically the long and short plus i picked up uh, one of my video games that i will be showing off during our uh, geek round table so that, that's all said and done wow you know and um moving on to housekeeping uh don't forget to check out me and under the pale here on twitch thursdays from 9 to 10 30 or 9 to 11 with uh super grosner brothers it's just us just telling Store, geek stories of lore, real life stories of lore, and other cool stuff. And um, and I just want to do a quick shout out during our Geek Roundtable. Shout out to Sia Tiberi for subscribing to us uh, for six months. Thank you. You're awesome. And I want to do a quick shout out to Beast1x5. He's awesome bro of mine. Plays DDR. Does a lot of retro game. You need to check out his channel as well. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, we'll go ahead into a Geek Roundtable. This is the part of the show where we talk about, like, non... Like, we talk about non-anime stuff, like, kind of more geekery stuff that we've been up to, stuff we've been showing off and stuff like that. So, Ari, what's up with you for Geek Roundtable? Well, I have a couple things to show off, just two of them real quick. Awesome. Uh, for, first is uh, this, my yeah. uh, Christmas present from you, Ronma. Well, you also have a birthday gift coming to me, and what was your Christmas gift will be your birthday gift, so I'm going to have to jump on that soon, so. Yeah, yeah, what happened was, like, because, you know, the first one, you know, disappeared into the ether somewhere, I don't know what happened to it. And I'm still fighting the Postal Service to find out what happened, so, you know. And you just, you sent me an email that says, yeah, go to the GameStop near you and pick this up, because I didn't think, uh, I didn't think, you know, that would be mine, because... I was thinking, wait, do I have to drop it off to somebody in this area? What's the deal? Like, so I go in, I show the email on my phone, or like, 
okay, here you go. You know, didn't even ask for anything else. They're just like, and I get to you and I'm like, okay, now what? That's yours, dude. I'm like, oh, okay, neat. Because <laughs> I know you, I know you really enjoy Monopoly, and I figured, you know, that was it was on sale. I figured, you know what? Add it to your awesome collection. Uh, the other thing is, it's from Elderwood Academy. It it's a, a little keychain. You can't really, you may not be able to see it too well, but it has mm-hmm. a Pisces symbol on it. Oh, I see it. A, my sign, and B, you know, just a, one of the custom things they did with it. But what what also it is is, whoop, got it. It's a little container for a complete set of uh, dice. Little dice, but because you know, that's filling the keychain, but still, mm-hmm. and you could uh, customize it with, uh, you know, different types of wood, different engravings, or you know, even the inside could either just be open or the uh, beehive, which I went for, and it's held on with the rare earth magnets. Sounds good. I got to just find a proper ring to put it on, and uh, they sell you know bigger boxes and whatnot, so I might get a more a more personalized customization on that sometime in the future okay that's good i can't wait for my uh co- my co-workers reaction to see like see me pull up my keys and see this thing and like what is that dice <laughs> and they just look at me like what and as uh beast 1x5 says in our chat room that dice case was sexy and yes it is Mako-chan, what do you have for our Geek Roundtable? Uh, well, so I'm currently showing off the only Funko Pop of Batsumaru that I can afford. (laughs) Wait, how much are the other ones? The actual Batsumaru Funko Pop is currently, depending on where you get it from, anywhere between $100 and $179. Thus, I do not have a Batsumaru Funko Pop. I have the collaboration from My Hero Academia, uh, which I'm perfectly okay with because it is, you know, one of the series that I do enjoy. So I, I will take I will take Batsmaru however I can get Batsmaru. Evil penguins for the win. Mm. The other thing is I have been drinking a crap ton of loose leaf tea. Um, so my tumbler currently has a, uh, chocolate black tea, which I have a little bit of sugar and a crap ton of, uh, peppermint mocha creamer. It's delicious. Nice. Nice. I need to get some passion fruit and dragon fruit tea. Make a blend of that. <clears throat> Make a blend of that. Ugh. Yeah, those are good teas. I I like mixing. Maybe Gavin can me up. <laughs> yeah, I like mixing my fruit teas with either green tea or black tea. Um, one because it gives a little bit more depth of flavor, and two, it gives caffeine because the fruit teas usually do not have caffeine in them. Sounds good. Ichigo, what's up with you? What working on any uh, projects? I would assume that for you, it's like re- bringing in your new beastly PC. You know, I'm actually um, pleasantly happy to tell you that I actually have been working on sewing during our current uh, gestures and everything. Furiously, 
Um, and I actually did finish a few commissions. One of them was a cosplay of Higurashi Nonakakuroni's uh, Reina Higurashi, Higurashi Reina. Um, and I got back to the cosplayer, and it beat the snow to New Jersey, thankfully, and it perfectly fits them. Now, so that is my nerdy That's thing. always awesome. Now, 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 here's the thing. It, did it not just beat the snow, but did it go cross-country first? No, it went to New Jersey. So it, no, it didn't. It did, and it didn't go on a fucking quest to fucking Narnia. So, <laughs> so I'm good. I'm very excited, and it was really nice. And I, it was something I was sewing on stream, so it was like a nice little like growing thing. And and I also finished up a. Um, I upsize a certain alternative fashion mm -hmm. for people of multiple body types and and uh, their trials and tribulations they go through trying to find cute stuff that fits. And uh, the, that person got their uh, their item, but hasn't had a chance to try it on yet. So I'm hoping awesome. that it goes over well. And you know what? Uh, accomplishing uh, projects throughout what we're going through right now is uh, definitely, to me, a, uh, a, a, a big thing uh, of geekydom. Getting your geeky tasks and your geeky yep. hobbies to work out is definitely a plus. Yep. And I'll say this much about the geekdom. At the beginning of the pandemic last year, seeing everybody just bond over Animal Crossing, I mean, again, it's Wholesome not shit, man. Yeah, again, it's not my type of game. I I could sit there and play, but I just loved watching everybody just like play together and stuff like that. I just thought that was like no, one no, of the best shit. No, no, you're the type ever. that wants to get stomped on by big vampy vampy mama. <laughs> Actually, no, that does that does not do a damn thing for me. Oh, well, the. The uh, collection of fan art probably has. Actually, no, because you have to. I'm not a big fan of Resident Evil, so it doesn't do anything. And now that they they've explained that that the big that big uh big titty vampy mama is about <laughs> ten. They said she's nine feet six inches, complete with heels and hat. There are cost. And, and because Santa, like, 290 centimeters. And yeah. because there is a, uh, a, a, we are after dark. Mm. Uh, it is 10 p.m. Um, there is a pegging scene in in the new Resident Evil. So if anybody was interested, um, yes. uh, there you go. I, I don't know who it's with. I don't know what it's about. I just know that there are some pegs and some holes, and that's what happens. Um, Alcina Dimitrescu is her name. Thank you, Beast. <laughs> yes, Alcina Dimitrescu. She sounds I, oh, I, very scary. Why is it I could pick because you mentioned I can just see you watching this demo and just like seeing the scene like just writing notes like uh huh. Oh, I already you know, know how the dress is made. Everybody else has been cosplaying. It no, no, I I ain't talking about the dress. I'm talking about the pegging scene. You you taking notes like mm hmm. Oh no, okay. I'm an A. I'm A type. I'm Demi slash A and gray, and I don't really care about that kind of stuff. No, I'm just saying, just taking notes in general, just in case it may come in handy in the future. You know. No, I already know that. Maybe, maybe you're critiquing their technique. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, they're oh. Just, like, yes, yes. They're just yes. 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 Lord. And, and I want to say, there are cosplayers who are learning to walk on stilts to properly pull this cosplay off, okay? And, and we because have a, a conflicting is. collection of uh, chiming in in chat where we have quit being lewd, fool. And, and B says, get... Yes. Yeah, I, I'm sitting here going, wait, I'm listening to this this conversation correctly, right? <laughs> so I 
usually a white mage, so I usually have my mallet. But um, unfortunately, because of what we're going through, I do not have my mallet to to whack them on the head and keep them in check. All and right. I, I, well. any, anywho, anywho. Um, <laughs> For my geeky roundtableness, I've been watching Lucifer, and I've been laughing my ass off at at like half the episodes I've been watching because it's just great. And I'll say this much: I'd work for him. I, I I would. Okay, this is this is somebody I I I respect and would work for. Now, other geek other stuff. Um, I actually picked up a game today from Best Buy that I pre-ordered. Um. For those of you who don't know, uh, there's an anime, an isekai anime called ReZero, basically known as the anime where Rem is best waifu. Um, they announced a strategy RPG that came out. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of strategy RPGs because I kind of suck at them. Some I have the tolerance for, you know, and others not so much. But I went up, I decided to pre-order the... Um, collector's edition because let's be real half the time when we get like a lot of awesome anime video games or japanese style video games coming to the states sometimes there's always like a collector's edition that i feel is worth picking up to to show our support for so i went up and got the uh collector's edition as you can see here of re-zero nice thanks it comes with a collector's edition pin set. It's a steel book, soundtrack, and an art book all in here. So this is really awesome. So I'm, I'm kind of happy I picked it up. The only question is, when will I actually crack it open and start playing the damn game? <laughs> uh, I'm going with three years from now. Probably. <laughs> just so you know, I still haven't finished Final Fantasy VII Remake. I purchased Kingdom Hearts 3 and Devil May Cry 5 at the same time, and both are still sealed. I purchased them new, <laughs> like, w within a month of their release. Look. They're still sealed. I have not cracked them open yet. There's, like, only three games I'm actually playing through right now. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Cobra Kai, uh, The Karate Kid Saga Continues, and Borderlands 3. Those are the only three games that I have actually been playing. I completely reset my Animal Crossing Island and have not touched it since. Yeah, and this was two months ago. I haven't played a lot of uh, games lately. I'm still waiting on my uh, Scott Pilgrim order to come in. And as Koto Hikari Chan says, Borderlands 3 needs to be streamed, by the way. Um... That can be arranged, and Beast 1x5 is finishing up Judgment for PS4. I've heard nothing but great things about that, and I will eventually get to that. But, um, let's get down to business with the hot take. And this was supposed to be part of our topic for last week, but since we didn't have a show, we're going to talk about it now. Um, and, and the thing is, I was actually going to wait until this week to talk about it because, you know, given how... Not everybody was going to be on the show. I want everybody's opinions on this. And I, and I know Ichigo probably has several parchments ready on this. And so, Literal parchments, like she's going to unroll them. Yeah, and it's, yeah, because you, you know, you know she, she's going to preach, and it's like, yes, you know? Wait, what about what? Uh, about what? About this week's hot take. 
Okay, uh, maybe. Uh, if I had a, like, a sound board, like, paper unfurling, I would fucking run that thing. But all I have is a goose honking, so that doesn't quite, <laughs> that doesn't quite give the same effect. I mean, you could use the goose honking. The goose honking could work depending on what is being said and said on the on the show. You know, it'll be like honk, yeah, foul play or something like that. Just you know, just out of thing. But here, here's the thing. An article came out of uh, out of Japan last week about cosplayers and residuals. Not really residuals, but money. Basically, the big thing was that the Japanese is government is consider adjusting the copyright rules on cosplay income. And, and let me tell you, almost everybody that I know basically lost their proverbial shit about this. First things first. If cosplay is not your main source of income, you have nothing to worry about. If you're just cosplaying for fun and you're just having a good old time with it, this does not affect you. Not necessarily. Now, unless you are a Japanese cosplayer where you can make big money, this is where it comes into play. Now, personally, I'm a big per person that believes you got to pay what you owe. Pay your fair share. If the Japanese government adjusted the copyright laws where if you are a professional cosplayer, where in Japan that is an actual term. Yeah, Bob Carvey, we are talking about the Anako tax. Yeah. If you are a professional cosplayer and they say in the laws, because of what you're doing, you have to pay an extra $100 a year on your taxes, which go to the production companies, or you have to pay this $100 into a fund that goes to these companies. $100 is not going to break you. Now, I also discussed this with some other people and I said this is basically akin to people who have who sell stuff in Artist Alley. They have their own designs, but it's something of their design that's connected to an anime or a certain character. These people have to pay taxes as well. Sometimes what happens is when they go into an artist alley, they have to submit what they're selling so that it does, there's no copyright infringement between the company or what's being sold in the dealer's hall and all this stuff, you know. In a way, I don't think it's kind of fair because you have to kind of pick and choose what you want. But at the same time, at least you have a good idea of what you're selling. I don't think that I, I don't see like Japanese companies forcing American companies, to, you know, pressure on them that about this law. But I can see them sending emails saying, you know, you may have to look more into this, which, again. I know people who, where companies have gone through their stuff and be like, you can't sell this in the in artist alley, you can't sell that and so forth, you know. I just feel, you know, if, if you're making money off of it, 
you got to pay just like everybody else. Now, the big argument is the cosplay. I'm not cosplaying a character. I'm cosplaying me who is the character. It's my original design. For example, I am cosplaying Ranma Saotome from Ranma One Half. And let's say I do a slight adjustment to the character where I am wearing like military tactile pants and you know and I'm growing my hair out and then I have glasses. That's my take on Ranma. But the fact of the matter remains, I'm still cosplaying Ranma. So if Viz and Shogun Guggen says, you know, you've made a lot of money off of these prints, you have to give us X amount of money. I have to give. It's you know that that's how it goes. It doesn't matter how much of a personal spin you put on your cosplays. You are still cosplaying the original character. And if these companies like, well, you gotta throw money towards us, you know, it's only fair. And what's interesting is another argument is is that you got people out here who say, you know, it's mine, it's okay, it's mine, it's my character, I don't have to do this. But yet, if it's a smaller company, like if someone created an original series, these same cosplayers will respect the smaller companies, you know? That respect has to go back and forth, you know? It's only fair. And, and that's my take. Now, Marco, you mentioned something earlier in regards to what I was saying. So what's your take on this? Well, from what I'm seeing, mm -hmm. there are a lot of different sides to this, uh, depending on, I guess, what political party you fall in right. in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, so reading an article from one of those politicians, um, they're basically, he, he's trying to fight it. But some of the people that are, you know, talking about this law and about what it's going to mean, they are including people that are just wearing the costume. Mm. Um, it's It comes down to representation of the company. And for an example, um, think about Disney. Mm-hmm. You go to one of the Disney parks. If you are under a certain age, they don't care if you're wearing a costume. If you are over a certain age, they give a shit ton of craps about you wearing costumes. Because they don't want anybody there to, one, think that you're part of them. Mm -hmm. And two, give them a bad name. And I totally get that. Misrepresentation. So there are some of these people... Uh, the politicians that are looking to add that into the law so that even general cosplay of certain characters, if you look, if parts of your cosplay are too closely correct to the character, they're looking to charge you for it. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the, the example that they used was the, uh, the Mario Kart, uh, people in Japan. Right, yeah, yeah. They didn't get bans and sued for copyright, exactly. They got it because they used accurate costumes and the name. <clears throat> and not for copyright reasons, but for the representation reason. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what they actually got hit with. Which, I mean, still, it comes down to 
basically copyright, but the way it's worded, it's because they used the licensed image for themselves and misrepresented the company. That's what they got hit with. Yeah, so it's more about misrepresentation than like stealing the work, you know, to make money off right. of it. Right. So there are a lot of conventions um, that do allow for cosplayers to set up in certain areas to have their pictures taken. Um, <clears throat> that would have to stop if, you know, the majority rule on that particular part of the law, because it would be a misrepresentation of the character of the company and all of that. So even just going into a convention and taking pictures could get you in trouble, at least on the convention side of it. Because one, you're paying for being able to be there and doing so. And two, the convention is technically making money off of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, not copyright. It's, you know, about that representation. I, I, I think the main thing is how much is going to be included in this law. If, if they're just going to go after those people that are, you know, selling their pictures, um, <clears throat> you know, trying to promote themselves with that particular character, uh, you know, that I can see, yeah, they're going to go after. Um, but I don't think they should be going after people that are just enjoying themselves. True. But it looks like some of them are trying to do so. They're going to go after everybody just for the sake of it. I mean, it, it's really going to depend on, you know, the political... And Japan has a lot of different political parties. Um, unlike, you know, the United States, which generally has, you know, the main two, and then everybody kind of just falls in um, and saying, you know, you know, under the blanket of independent. Mm -hmm. um, Japan is very different. They have like seriously five or six main political parties that will all be fighting over this. And all of them are going to be looking and trying to base their reactions and what they're looking to put into this law on who they're trying to represent. So you're going to have some of them that are going to be trying to represent the companies um, that are, you know, oh, they're losing money or they're losing their representation for allowing these people to do that. And then you're going to have the more, I guess, liberal of the political parties saying, no, it's just fun. And, you know, yes, if they're making money off of it, that's one thing. But, you know, we can't, you know, uh, we, we can't ask them to pay money when they're not making money off of it, you know, we can't penalize them for wanting to dress in costume. Right. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting to sit and watch and see all of these people, most of which probably have no idea what the hell they'll be talking about or, you know, the, the main culture of the whole thing and, and see what all of these old men are going to be, you know, doing. It's crazy, I tell you, absolutely crazy. And honestly, I just, I just think that right now, I don't think it's really going to affect 
American cosplayers currently. Because let's be real, if it does, that's just a, a small. That's like one percent of cosplayers. You know, that's just one percent. As opposed to where in Japan it's, it's, it's more like seventy percent. You know, it's going to depend because yeah. you see now a lot of a lot of the licensees and a lot of the companies going after, you know, Etsy and Amazon and people trying to sell certain items that are even just loosely based off of what the license actually is. And that's, you know, where a lot of the cease and desist are coming from on Etsy. Um, I can see people that are, you know, attempting to sell their cosplay or, you know, just even, trying to promote themselves as seamstresses or anything like mm -hmm. that with these elaborate costumes and the companies looking at these and going, uh, no cease and desist. <clears throat> it's not just, it's not just going to go away just because we're not in Japan because it's the, the item banning and the item, um, lawsuits are becoming more prevalent. So they're just going to add this onto those search engines because that's what they use. Mm. So it, it's not just going to be easily swept under and go, Oh, we're in America. We don't have to worry about it. No, we're going to have to worry about it. It's not going to be as quick. It's not going to be as, uh, I, I guess as painful because, you know, Japan does have so much more in the actual, you know, professional cosplay world, but it is going to affect those people that even just remotely have, Hey, you know, here's a picture of me. Um, I'm going to donate all of the money that I make on this picture. Um, it's going to affect the, the, um, the voice actors who might have, you know, might be selling pictures of, uh, the characters that they voice or, you know, them dressed as a character, it's, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be affected by all of this because it's, it's all just run down. They're just looking to see what they can get money from and they're gonna add whatever they can to that. And all of it's going to run into it at some point. Maybe. I mean, I don't really see it really affecting if they somehow add this in with contract negotiations, you know, when companies pick up licenses and stuff like that, you know, well, it, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's sort of like the gray area of fan subs. If you think about it. Well, I mean, that that's great. It's, it's always been a gray area, but now Japan is trying to make it not be a gray area. They're trying to make it fully black and white. And when that happens, everybody's screwed. Mm. Um, Seattle Beery in chat goes, uh, the Doctor Who inspired Playboy bunnies. Um, you want to talk about that? You're going to have both of those licenses coming after your ass mm. at that point. You'll have Doctor Who and Playboy because that design is actually licensed. Especially Playboy because they're yeah. really, uh, heavy handed with their, with, against people you know, stealing their look. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, you go to one of these conventions and you have this costume and they get, you know, they see pictures of it and they're going to tell you to pull them down because it's a misrepresentation of their brand. Yep. And I have a lot to say about this. Right. Uh, how about a I've quick summary? my tongue, yeah. but I will try and make it brief. Go um, for but it. But yes. Um, uh, so, as Rhonda said, 
it may not affect us in the West. However, unfortunately, IP is something that is enforced worldwide. Um, we're going to be talking about this show later in the show. However, Otakon is a prominently featured character in the Metal Gear Solid franchise, and having mm -hmm. volunteered, worked with, and staffed, and or staffed and attended Otakon as an event in the last decade, I have come into contact with a lot of the ways that they must enforce their IP, their copyright, their trademarks, etc. Mm -hmm. I have attended and um, seen a lot of the inner workings of the corporation as a whole, and seen how well... Uh, how much they do have to work to enforce things like having a lawyer on hand for litigation uh pretty much 24 7 365 now when it comes to those kind of things unfortunately ip is one of those issues that um has to be enforced or else they lose it and this isn't just a oh well the smaller cosplayers just doing it and they're doing it then maybe there's a, this thing here and this thing there whatever it's basically a situation where um it, it, it's going to kill a lot of trust in it, it already has killed a lot of trust in the fandom and cosplay communities in general and it's worldwide so mm. Otakon had an issue where um, there was a community in Brazil that had started up a convention and it was called they were calling it Otakon mm -hmm. and unfortunately they they had to enforce their IP so their lawyer had to go out and chase this group down worldwide so when you say it's not going to be an issue here in the States just because it's an issue in Japan, even though there's 70% of professional cosplayers in Japan, you, I feel like you're negating to, uh, to include people that are prop makers, people that are replicators, people that are making fan um, production. So things that are like fan run or fan created or any of those kind of creative things, um, even the smallest project has a chance to get into what their certification process is. And actually, that was a piece that was written in the uh, China Morning Post uh, recently. It was an article, and it's cited as saying, the government is not planning to revise the copyright law as it fears stricter regulations would drive people away from cosplay, and instead it plans to share specific examples of situations in which cosplayers may be asked to pay for copyright to enhance awareness. Now, uh, this is including the information where the government has already heard from creators as well as cosplayers, including Inako, uh, which Bob Coffey earlier talked about, the Inako tax, who's been appointed as the government's Cool Japan ambassador on the issue. Now, um, when you're talking about this, I have basically one, two, three, four, five points. Five mm -hmm. points I'll touch about, okay? So I'll try to make it quick because I know you guys uh, who are coming in for the stream, y'all want to hear about toilets being stolen out of bathrooms in Japan. Um, however, <laughs> this is just as important, if not more so, uh, because it comes down to the idea of fandom as a culture as we know it and how we celebrate it uh, through costuming, through fan creation. And that's not just people dressing up fancy costumes or creating their own versions of, co of, of characters that we grow and know and love. Um, if it becomes part of an IP, not only will bigger cosplayers get hit with DMCAs or cease and desist, depending on the media, they'll have to go through huge application processes and smaller cosplayers will have to as well unless companies create gray areas. But how, if it's copyright or trademark, then you'll have to go through a process to be officially recognized. Um, 
And there are already representations of these kind of issues if you go through other things. Now, I'm not going to touch on those here. I'm One of them is like Twitch for DMCAs and all that other fun stuff. You can look that up yourself. It creates an environment where people end up representing a company when it's not really what cosplay is to do at all. And that's what Mako was talking about earlier, where you end up creating a situation where cosplayers unofficially represent your company as a whole, even if they are not in the understanding that they are contractually obligated to do so. Um, so when it comes to that, it's how you act and carry yourself in the costume will then reflect on the company as a whole, even if you're not employed. Technically, at that point, you become a contractor and you have a certain tie to that company through a contract and obligation, even if it's not like confirmed officially. Uh, as it's addressed in our article at AnimeJamSession.com, who regulates it? Who's the regulating body? How will the certification processes go? Not only due to the fact that we are in a plague right now and so staffing shortages to handle it on top of timelines. Many PR groups can be unreliable in getting back to groups or persons they don't think are worth their time. It's very, very valid in our culture in America, mm -hmm. as well as in cultures and PR companies for bigger companies, you know. So how is a young fan or a new fan in general or a general cosplayer that just wants to have fun supposed to go and get any certification if they want a costume? I is can't help but feel like that the lawmakers have more important things to worry about than this. On top of that, is there a cost or an exorbitant fee associated with that? How hard will that play into cosplays? All already huge social and financial disparity. Also, discrimination. Hi, uh, we love Japan's media and stuff like that, so sometimes we forget that they have their own issues with discrimination and that kind of thing tied into their culture. What if the certification process group does something that regulates it against a certain group without meaning to? For screen accuracy reasons. You guys can't see me in chat saying this, but like I'm saying it with wiggling my fingers sarcastically. Mm. Uh, will those with accessibility needs or even folks who cannot afford to have the latest and greatest technology skills and know how to create television specific or replicated costumes be discriminated against just because the certification team deems them unworthy? So uh, cosplayers to me are artists anyway. And even a costume that is of the same character, if me, Mako, Ranma, and Ari all made the same magical person character and it was the same costume, is it going to turn out the same way? <laughs> no. What's that about body types? Mm. And not only that, but materials, skill set, time. Maybe you're going to purchase it. Maybe I'm going to make mine. Maybe someone will thrift theirs. I think that the field in general is evolving. And I know it might be better to try and do licensing deals with folks that make over a certain amount rather than trying to copyright or basically outlaw fandom from doing something. However, we are a smart, creative, and resourceful community and culture. That's how we got this far. And it's not just a bunch of us in our closet-sized apartments zooped up garage workspaces or modeling our friend or professional maker's best works anymore. They only started considering this because of how big the field has become. And I feel like they are trying to deal with the growing pains that could be handled more delicately with tweezers of logic than with a big commercialization capitalist hammer. But that's just my two cents. And I hope that that was brief enough for you guys. That was more like a $20 bill. You know, you, you always get your, you always get your money's worth with Ichigo. I mean, seriously, you always get your money's worth because 
No matter what you say, she will add on to it and she will f point things out that brings more to the table and it makes you go, I never thought of it that way. You make people think. That's a good thing. As an addition to this, you know, we keep saying Japan, Japan, Japan. If this goes through, this isn't just going to be a Japan thing. People all over the world are going to look at this and go, hey, maybe we should be changing our copyright laws to include this. So this going through has the potential to impact the entire world's copyright laws. So, you know, you can say, well, I just won't cosplay from anything from Japan. Well, okay, mm -hmm. well, Japan is very tied into France's, you know, animation community. France loves Japan. Um, their companies love Japan. They have created based off of ja uh, Japanese series. So if that's the case... What's to stop France from going, hey, I like that. You know, I like that idea. And then there goes, you know, Ladybug. There goes Winx. There goes, you know, a whole crap ton of things that you wouldn't normally think are French. And then you go, oh, well, if France is doing it, you know, well, you know, French Canadian might do it. And that is a whole bunch of other ones. And then if, you know, everybody else is doing it, everybody else is going to go, hey, you know, th this is a good idea. We can get more money from these people that still want to cosplay. Yeah, you know, this mm -hmm. is this. It's not going to be this quick thing that, you know, the entire world goes, oh, crap. It's going to be slow. It's going to be steady. And if that's the case, you know, in 10 years, you know, cosplay could be that thing that, oh, yeah, I had fun with it. But now you can't do anything. Yeah. And, and not only will it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, up until the point, if they change the copyright laws where, you know, if you are, if this is your your career, if this is your job, yes, you, sh you should pay, you know, money. But you shouldn't be pinged if you're doing this for the fun of it, you know, as a hobby. That's that's my honest opinion how it should be. But you know, there's always going to be that one person where if they're paying out of pocket because they do this profession, they're going to be like, you know, if we got to pay, you got to pay too. But I'm not making any money off of it. You know that and, whole thing. And 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 that's they one thing. Yeah, they probably think that yeah, these like, all these freaking nerds have so much money to spend on costumes and going all these conventions stuff. What's another hundred bucks exactly. for a license? Yet? That's exactly what it is, Ari. It's the fact that we are a, now we are, they are finally recognizing that we are a financial space that they want to be part of. And they haven't been part of it Muscle for so item. long. That's the, uh, I think that's the term you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, that they want to figure out a way to get as much money as possible as quickly as possible because they, they realize that they... Or Nickel and diming. It worked for video games. It worked for us. Yeah, and mm. then the downside of that, and and what I wanted to bring up with Mako and and Ron was chiming in about how it will it will become worldly. Is it's already worldly. Like the wheels have started turning, and when it comes to it, it's not just going to affect cosplay. It's going to affect those people that want to make Assassin's Creed pizza delivery commercials it's going to affect the people that want to dress up for their streams on twitch it's going to affect you know our podcast you know you know I, you know what i see happening on the convention level badges go up an additional five dollars the cosplay tax i see that shit happening oh it already is there's already 
already cosplaying and photography badges for people who just want to ghost and go. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, but in that, but that money stays with the con. But I'm talking about this cosplay tax goes to these other companies for their cut. Now, as go back to what oh, Sia yeah. Tiberi's. Yeah, and then yeah. you start getting people bitching. Well, I'm not even cosplaying, so why should I have to pay more for my ticket? Yeah. And to go back to what Sia DeBerry was saying earlier about a universal license like ASCAP, you know, that would, I would be all for that. You know, I mean, if you get, if there's so many people paying, maybe the fees won't be as expensive, you know, but. Uh, I see yeah. also in our chat, uh, Kikun brought mm -hmm. up actually a really great um, point. So even in a commercial sense, this is ludicrous. People making their own costumes and, and et cetera and building a brand around their cosplays put in enough work that fair use will cover it in the U.S. at least. Now, that that is a very good point. Cosplayers usually aren't being funded by these companies, aren't being supplied to create these costumes by their companies. And this was another point I did want to bring up, is that I pay for the Warbla, I pay for the wig, I am paying for all these things. The only thing that the company is providing is is basically the design. And even at the, that point, there are some designs where I make fun because they do not have seams. They do not know how to draw clothing. Um, so it's one of those things where at that point, yeah, where does fair use begin? And, and uh, I don't know, inspiration from the IP end. And, and mm -hmm. because the company is not paying for these costumes to be created, how much will that change if they start to charge things? I mean, you're, you're paying certain for, certainly for a fee for, you know, selling your own prints or whatever. But at the same time, how, how much is that going to bleed into the idea of sponsorships? And how much is that going to bleed into other sources of, of things like that? And how is fair use going to play into it? So that's definitely... Mm -hmm. Things that we'll need to see and how that develops in the future. But, um, yeah, gets you thinking, doesn't it? Yes. And one last thing I want to drop in here before we go into our next uh, story. I'm suddenly reminded of the anime Tiger and Bunny. Soon you're going to see um, cosplay sponsored by major companies at conventions. That's exactly what's going to happen. No, He's that's legitimately. You're going to have yeah. Playboy bunnies with their tights with the label of whatever brand mm. it is. Maybe Playboy on the leg. You're going to see Monster Energy on the sleeve of some, um, you know, uh, Captain 76 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know. I, I, Soldier I know. 76. Soldier 76. Either way, famous. God, I hope not. And you're going to start seeing that. That's, that is I, I, I swear, part. if I see someone cosplaying Ronman, it says on the sleeve, sponsored by Tiger Showman's, I'm going to throw him head first out the goddamn window. Maybe he'll land in the water and then he'll be his he'll be female Rama and that'll be great. <laughs> Tiger Shulman's karate, that's like the opposite of the kung fu that Ra that Rama Sayotome does. Exactly! That's my point exactly. <laughs> the future of, of cosplay is sponsorships. <laughs> oh god. Soon like soon cosplays are gonna look like uh, KHL hockey uniforms. Or like ninety percent of of the uh, the uh, uniform is just ad space. No, or worse, you know, soccer kits. Slam, slam. I'm starting a NASCAR. Slam dunk cosplay sponsored by the NBA. <laughs> what's funny is the only, like, the, what's going through my head right now um, is the fact that there are so many fashion labels, so many, you know, licensed names and crap like that that people are already wearing on their clothing and wearing because the name is amazing that 
kind of putting it on cosplay as the next logical step. Mm. Supreme, my hero academia. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, you've got certain clothing that you know right off the bat exactly what it is just based on either the color of it you know the the certain labeling of it um i i can really see that the next step would be for you know these professional companies to be the licensees of cosplay and then all of a sudden you're gonna have you know some cosplayer in a really elaborate costume and have Gucci on their ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> because, truthfully, that's what's going on in fashion right now. Everybody wants to show that name off. So I can sincerely see somebody picking up these licenses and going, yeah, we'll just stick our names on it. It'll work. Anywho. Moving right along. Ari, can you tell us about these anime titles that are eligible for an Academy Award nomination? Sure, just let me uh, bring it up. Okay, here we go. Uh, For this year's Academy Awards, 27 animated films are battling out for the usual five nomination slots for Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, up from the 13 that were eligible just a few days ago. The update list now includes... Earwig and a Witch, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba the Movie, Mugen Train, but also Pixar Soul, a top contender for the award. Uh, the total list of anime films is Demon Slayer, Earwig, Lupin the Third, the First, Ongaku, Our Sound, Ride Your Wave, and A Whisker Away. Uh, due to COVID nineteen eligibility, due to COVID nineteen eligibility rules for the Academy Awards have been changed, but films are uploaded to. Academy's screening room within 60 days of release. Whether it's theatrical or digital, are eligible for nomination. It doesn't mention which side of the release window, meaning the films are set to be released in late February are also eligible to be nominated. Well, well, I would like Lupin the third to win. That would be my pick, but you know, Soul Soul was really good. I, I, I can't I can't say anything bad about that. I well, th- just the fact that, you know, they have the best animated film category because because in 1994 they saw Beauty and the Beast get nominated for the best picture. We're like, oh, hell no, we're not doing that again. Yeah, a couple of things before we go into the next topic. Um, no, I'm not salty about that. What do you ask? <laughs> Uh, Joe Videa mentions in the chat, Sailor Moon cosplayers will never be happy until until their hooker boots have been have ruby red soles, which will say on the side, sponsored by Hot Topic. Meanwhile, the Seifuku itself says sponsored by Children's Wear Place. Thank you and good night. But um, Ichigo also posted an I'll article. I'll punish you in Gucci heels. At that point, I would just I would just walk the fuck away. But um, <laughs> Ichigo points out $190 tights. And I think this is something we might have mentioned or something yeah, along those lines in our prior episode. An old story we talked about. Yeah, I thought <laughs> so. But um, to touch back on what Ichigo said, our next topic is Otakon needs your money. A lot of cons need your money. But the, the long and the sh- But the long and the short is Otakon is having a fundraiser, so you need to buy their merch or else they will not 
there will another there will not be another Otakon convention. Meaning, once COVID said and done, and we're able to have conventions again, there will no longer be an Otakon. Now you're probably thinking, how is it that Otakon needs money? Now understand, there was no 2020 con. They're rolling membership badges over to 2021. But now it looks like it'll be 2022, if that. A lot of people have rolled their money, their badges over. A lot of people want refunds. The same goes for people who work in Artist Alley and Dealer's Room. Their fees have been rolled over to the next con. A lot of those vendors have said, no, I want my money back. And don't forget, Otakon has a lot of equipment that they use to put on a great show for you every year. That's a monthly fee that they have to pay, and it's not cheap. And believe it or not, that is something a lot of anime cons and comic cons are dealing with right now. It's part of the, it can be considered one of the reasons why some conventions are still trying to have a physical event, even though it's advisable not to, is to keep money in the coffers to keep things going. Because it's con money that keeps everything afloat. It's not money coming out of their pockets, per se. So, if that, and if you want to help out, um, you can head over to Otakon.com, I believe. Let me pull this up real quick. Because I know there's like a specific link, but actually if you just go to uh, store.otakon.com, and I believe yeah, yeah store.otakon.com slash otacorp-donation-yada-yada. Um, I will post a link in the chat. So you might want to check that out. And this goes back into something I was talking to another cosplay friend of mine. To be perfectly honest, I'm not surprised by this at all, none whatsoever. Because for a while, we were hitting a convention bubble. It used to be where it was one con a month, and con chairs would actually work with each other to have their shows so that con goers can hit all these shows and have a great time now it's like one con is one weekend in this state another con is same weekend a state maybe they may be like two hours away and then you got another con happening the following weekend two states away it's like everybody named moms is Every having a con. a con yes conventions are anywhere from a local library to convention centers back and forth. It's like a massive bubble. You got people who are running cons because they've been a, an attendee for three years, staffed for two <laughs> years, and think that they can do it they can do it on their own. No. No. And now and I this is how I feel. If Otacon goes under, it's not going to bother me. And it's not because I have an issue with Otacon. I love Otacon. I think Otacon is a great convention. Definitely. But if they go under and which starts all these other conventions going under, okay, that's fine. Because what's going to happen is new conventions are going to rise up from these ashes. If all these cons end up going under, but we're getting newer conventions out of it and not as many, I would be perfectly okay with that. I don't think it's fair to have someone choose between three different conventions within an hour of each other that one weekend because, you know, con chair A has beef with con chair B and con chair C hates A and B and be like, you know, we're going to have our revenge con to screw you guys, you know? And it's not even that, though, too. Yeah. It's that a lot of shows were scared to start up and around mm -hmm. that in that 
in the local area, within like the tri-state area, within that same time zone, because they knew that most of the the target market, most mm-hmm. of that fan base was going to be going to the bigger show. Yep. So even if these smaller shows had wanted to start up, had wanted, had gotten the gumption, found the volunteers and things like that, they wouldn't have had any fight. They wouldn't have had any dog in this fight because they basically wouldn't have been able to stand up to the monolith that is Otakon. And oh, this isn't yep. even within like the week of, the day of. Mm-hmm. Conventions have started to carve out time and i've i've mentioned this before to you guys where conventions are businesses they can Mm -hmm. act like they care about you but they really don't they their business is you're a number in their turnstile that's how they treat you even their volunteers even stuff like that you are a turnstile you are money yeah and and i and i also want to throw in there this is also if you think about another another reason why when you will go to a con you grab the con book and it says at the end you know they have the next three years dates Listed, and this is what Ichigo yeah. meant by carving it out. They want to make sure you come back to their show next amount of years in a row, and then you got somebody else who's running a combat. Well, we can't do we can't do the weekend before or the weekend after. We got to skip the next month where they have to be like, well, what about these conventions? You know. And yeah, and and that's something too is that like monetarily, I uh, the budget for Otakon, if you are part of the membership because they are a five hundred one c three, is public knowledge. And it is, I think, like, the last time I remember looking at their budget for uh, one of the deposits, it was like a quarter of a million dollars just to rent the convention space. And Mm -hmm. that was just for one of the deposits, which I think they do, like, it's either two deposits a year or, like, that was, like, half a deposit. I can't remember exactly what the budget was. But that's money that that is just gone. Mm -hmm. No matter what, the only reason that they have to stop paying is when things like the... um, the conventions that are being made into a field hospital, so therefore they do not have use of this space, they still had to spend the initial a quarter of a million dollars to to put in as a deposit, and that's not really refundable. Like, mm-hmm. they can try to rework their contracts to a certain point, but that quarter of a million dollars is gone. It's just, it's poof. It's that no more money there. So when they did roll over people's um, things, and I think you can... Um, on the on the plus side, if you are looking for a refund, I think they've started to open up the idea that you can get a refund if you're looking for it because of the situation where they don't think that they're going to have a show this year. Um, you can look into that. Um, but I, I, it's one of those cases where it, I've been talking with Ronma and Ari and Mako about this a lot, where the bubble, like we've yep. talked about on the show before, mm-hmm. has it, it has been needing to pop for a while. It's been like a blister, a pustule all those lovely visuals for you guys in the chat that has needed to be popped for a very, very long time. Yes. Um, and so it, it has come to that point where it has just grown faster than it could have. And now that we're in a situation where the culture is not centered around those types of gatherings yet, I hope it is again. I hope it is again. I hope it's safe again. I hope we can go and see each other again and make new friends and make new costumes and all that fun stuff. But at the same time, like, our society has changed. And I feel like our geeky landscape is going to change very heavily with it. Yep. Because let's be real. Virtual conventions are starting to get a little bit long in the tooth. They don't need to be eight hours for three days three for three days or two days. Anywho, uh, moving right along to our next topic. Um, God damn it, I reset everything by accident. Hold on. There we go. This. Ooh, this, 
Toei was really out of pocket on this. And I didn't, I didn't put the full thing because of space, but, um, Ichigo, give us a quick summary of this. I'll give you a rundown. So, Mm -hmm. um, many of you, uh, we talk about Japan and we love Japan and all the culture and stuff, but unfortunately, uh, they like America has much of a problem with LGBTQIA communities and cultures. Um, and unfortunately, Toei and anime, other anime companies are not above having situations uh, where they negatively negatively interact with these cultures as well. Mm-hmm. So Toei Animation refused the labor negotiations with an LGBTQIA union member that they have over there. Uh, the union member, who identified as ex-gender, was accused of using a false name in paperwork. The Yahoo you, you do. Yahoo News reported last Wednesday that Toei Animation attempted to refuse labor negotiations with a union representing a former unit, uh, Director Asan, who claims to have been unfairly stripped of work. In the paperwork, Toei accuses the union member B-san, who was handling the negotiations of using a false name. B-san, who identifies as ex-gender, neither male nor female, uses an alias that better reflects their gender identity. Toei's letter to the Precariat Union, which is handling the case, explicitly dead names Bison, which is a huge no-no, and accuses them of majorly damaging their relationship of trust between Toei Animation and the labor union. Bison insisted that their alias should have no connection to the case at hand in the first place. There are many married people who work under an alias, and the name that they, the Zay, use uh, for collective bargaining has nothing to do with the name on their family registry. They told Yahoo News that collective bargaining is an obligation established by the labor union and not a matter of a trust relationship and so forth. I think that they refused to even give me a seat at the discussion because they have no desire to resolve the dispute. They also emphasized their discomfort at being referred to by their dead name. For me, just looking at my family registry name is painful. To be on the receiving end of such a discriminating act by the company made me feel disappointment, sadness, and pain. The Precariat Union made contact with Toei three times for collective bargaining, and the first three interactions were performed through online conferencing due to COVID-19. For the fourth meeting, they did not receive an online conferencing link, and after phoning the studio beforehand, B-san went to the building to meet with the lawyer and the people handling the case directly. When they arrived, the lawyer allegedly spoke to them aggressively and used a security guard to chase them out. Uh, After this, the company continued to correspond with them in text for some time without coming to an agreement before eventually sending a rejection letter and deadnaming B-San again. A-San, the other party who claims to have been subjected to power harassment in their seven years of working at the company, also remarked in dismay that the company's attitude was clearly unfair and cruel, and they can't believe they would go this far. I didn't think they would do such a thing. A-San claimed to have been dismissed as a unit director after an altercation with an animation director, and Toei had a culture of overwork, hi, not a surprise, Japan, and they've been told by senior staffers to use animation directors like worker bees. Good grief. Although Asan managed to reach a compromise, um, they were told that they would be dropped, and uh, they were also continuously shuffled, basically shuffled out um, to feel pressured to quit. Uh, they con- they attempted, Asan attempted to consult the animation labor union, but because the ties they felt to the union uh, between the union and the company were too strong. It basically put them in a dead end. Um, 
rumors spread about Asan in the studio, and he was told by a third party they'd received an email telling that Asan should never be unit director ever again. Um, and they expected, they never expected, Asan never expected it to snowball. Um, basically, Toei is still work. They they are still working at Toei, but um, without any friends to openly support them on the inside. Um, and basically have lost all hope in the studio about them mm. being supportive or a good place to work. Um, so Toei Animation, I guess they also used the idea of what Toei Animation's logo is to demonstrate how the company actually demonstrates its feelings about its uh, workers. So I'm going to read that to you guys. <laughs> Toei Animation uses the Puss in Boots protagonist Perro as its logo. It's a story in which Perro ignores his friends in order to help out the mice who are in lower positions. And by doing so, he gets chased out by his friends. In my situation, the boot is on the other foot. Everyone is wrapped up in the company politics and things that have existed for a long time. So all they do is chase out people who are in the lower position. I think that this is linked to the company's discriminatory attitude towards sexual minorities or gendered minorities in this point and how, like, how they call Bisan by their dead name. Um, Bisan also expressed their appointment and um, kind of pointed out that Toei is known for a lot of its progressive and uplifting anime, but that does not reflect in the actual company culture. Um, so, yeah, it it's pretty shitty. Uh-huh. I, but, I, yeah. I, I'll this say, one's dealing with the fallout, Toei. I'll say this much. I, I, I just digitally signed the petition. They're like, about a little bit under uh, three hundred. Yeah, let me link the petition as well. Yeah, so, a little bit under um, three hundred away. You know, so they have a petition going on right now. The Precariat Union, who's Ooh. handling this um this this issue, uh, has started a Change.org petition. And if you have Google Chrome, it translates it for you. It is in Japanese. Um, but there it is. There Hold it on. is for. It's not a suspicious link. I promise you. I I'm go- here. Um, here is a tiny. I'm gonna put a tiny URL to the yeah. petition. <laughs> See, this is one of the reasons why I have a tiny URL maker in my browser, so... Um, They're aiming to receive 1,500 signatures, and it's less than 100 from that goal. So if you guys want to support the the labor uh, union handling it, um, you can do so. I will say, so you know, I will say this Toei's actions is probably, I think, is more along the lines of the culture of Japan per se. Because just remember, look how long it took them to realize that child porn is not a good thing. Case in point, Rurouni Kenshin mangaka. You can Google that, and you can read all of that, and you will see so many people yeah. screaming about that and forgetting that the laws of America do not apply to Japan. So. Again, and then when they saw the end result of how he just got a fee and told to go about his day, people were still enraged by that. Again, Japan is still coming around understanding that it's a bad thing and they need to be stricter penalties. Give them some time, they will catch up. Now, Mako-chan, we're back in your wheelbarrow. Oh, it's my turn again. Yeah. Uh, Okie dokie. Uh, let me get that open because I'm trying to sign this, you know, oh, petition yeah. and everything. Yeah, I was already logged in, so I was like, here you go. Okie dokie. Alrighty. 
Okay, so um, yeah, I, I get to go twice. No, 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 anyway. no, no. We're saving that one. I put that there in case we had time. We're saving what one? The one after that article. Oh, okay, because it's still there for me. I didn't realize no. that. I'm gonna. Yeah, I was saving that in case we had time. Well, it is just you know music. It's All not right. like it needs to be. A whole big thing. Huh. Uh, but anyway, uh, they have finally announced the dates for the final Fruits Basket season. The reboot final season is set to air in April. Um, it is... If everything goes the way it has been going, it will be simulcast. Um, so you will have the... English dub of it, uh, usually within a week. Um, most of the time, I know they do try to get it in within the you know first couple of days. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is going to be the final season. That means I can actually start watching it soon because I waited until everything was done before getting into it because I knew I'd be pissed if I couldn't just watch the whole thing. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so uh, for those that, you know care about the series uh you know what fruits basket is if you don't then uh fruits basket is an anime based or i should say it's a manga uh loosely based off of the chinese zodiac you have characters that are possessed by the spirits of the chinese zodiac and um they are possessed in such a way that the opposite gender when they are hugged they actually turn into their animal um, so the whole premise of this series is that uh, one of the characters ends up stumbling upon the secret of this family that is uh, possessed by the Chinese Zodiac and she you know basically helps them to come to understanding of what is going on and, uh, you know, basically helps to break the curse. Yay, Fruits Basket. The fact that they were able to compress three seasons, like, it took, like, basically eight years of manga compressed into three years of anime. More or less. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like the manga is very long. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is, I don't want to say filler, but a lot of it is uh, background character stuff and extended storylines, which, you know, good for reading, but not necessarily good for animation. Yes, like case in point, Tenjo Tenge, where half, the, half of the season was nothing but background filler. I'm just like... Really? You're spending 18 episodes on, on them in junior high and the actual anime itself is eight episodes? Ugh. Yeah, sometimes you don't need to see all the lead up to certain parts yeah. of this. Um, but it is longer than the first go through of the series, which made it to, you know, one of the... I guess weirdest cutoff points that they could have chosen. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excited to be able to start watching it finally. Cool. Now the last thing, I guess we could throw this in here real quick. Um, I, I just wanted to show the video of basically um, Neko version of Neon Genesis Evangelion. 
I just wanted to show that real quick. Um, I'll I'll cover I'll drop this I'll drop this in real quick and then we'll go into meanwhile in Japan. Basically, there is a game called the Battle Cats and they're doing a crossover with Neon Genesis Evangelion, and they redid the opening theme and it's basically called Nianko Jellion, and they renamed the song to Nianko Nianko's Thesis. <laughs> Nyankoko Nyanko thesis. I'm going to see if I can get this to play. Um, cause, um, cause, cause again, I switched to another browser. I switched from Streamlabs to OBS Studio, where I don't really have that much of controls on, um, on browser controls. Let's see. Uh, copy video at current time. Let's see if I can get this to work. I just hope it's not too loud. Here we go. Oh, shit. Y'all can't even hear this. I'm sorry. Uh, I can hear it. Really? I yeah. hear it. No, because it's coming through my normal speakers. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we can hear it. Okay. It's I, I know this Meaning to cat mom. <laughs> oh, God. OBS Studio needs better browser controls for, for stuff like that. Or I'll have to test it with like a window grab or something. Anywho. Now we're at the part of the show that you know, you all stuck around for anyway. Meanwhile, in Japan. All right. Let's see what we got here. Take the last one. Okay. I'm going to take the third one. Ari? All right, Ari, which one do you want? Can't hear you. He's, a, he's taking the second one. Okay. I get the poop one. Yay. <laughs> How turtable. Can we not? Sorry. No, just that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Um, uh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, I don't know why my... It, it didn't just say, like, 
it, it says mic on or mic off when it's on or off, but mm. uh, that didn't happen for that for some reason. Eh, well, we got it fixed. Okay, so uh, yeah, um, that was loud. Sorry. Anyway, so uh, a a customer at a convenience store ended up finding two startling things inside of uh, a certain shop's restroom. A pair of handcuffs and a loaded gun. The customer informed the manager, who in turn informed the police, who were able to trace the handgun and restraints to none other than one of their own officers. Earlier that morning, an Osaka prefectural police sergeant who was assigned to a security detail in the area had also been into the convenience store in order to go to the bathroom, you know, and poop. Um, so how do we know this? Uh, the, the police officer felt it was, you know, in his need to remove his belt entirely and hang it on the hook on the inside of the bathroom door. Attached to his belt, obviously, were the holster pistol and cuffs. Um, yeah, so that, that's, I, I'm, I'm so confused. Um, but anyway, in, in the total, um, about 30 minutes passed between when the officer left the bathroom and when they were recovered. Um, and they go into saying that it's a testament of how safe Japan is that, one, not only did the people who found them promptly contact the proper authorities, uh, but the, the officer himself hadn't even noticed they were missing. Um, the fact that he had no idea that he was missing his belt, though, mm. for 30 minutes. And why would you need to take your belt off entirely? I mean, I, I get it, you know, you want to be comfortable, but the belt goes around the pants. It's not like you're, you know, holding the pants up. It's not like you you're know. doing the cool JRPG thing where you just have a second belt just loosely hanging around your hips. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Although these are Japanese cops, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, that might be. Um, but it said that uh, it, it's actually not as rare as you think. Um, there are actually a couple of different times that police officers have left their guns and such items in various bathrooms, um, just because they, I guess, don't need them. Haven't we discussed a couple of articles like that? Yeah, mm. I know we've, uh, discussed a couple of times that police officers have, you know, just left their crap around and not meaning crap, but meaning they're items on their body yeah yeah um, like who hasn't you know used the bathroom and just access uh, left things on the hook as you're uh, leaving the uh leaving the stall well yeah i mean i've accidentally left certain items in the bathroom uh, but i've never had to completely remove my belt in order to go to the bathroom i would assume maybe the pants Maybe it was way too tight on him and he just needed breathing room, which I get. But even at well, that point, there's no point to taking room? the whole no, no, belt no, no, no. off. Why do you need breathing room if the pants are supposed <laughs> to be around your ankles when you're going to the bathroom anyway? I'm sorry, but as a female, you know, 
I, I have to sit through all of it. Um, so why, why all of a sudden do people act stupid um, when they have to change their routine to, you know, do something that they don't normally have to do? You do not have to take your belt off completely just to, you know, take a dump in the toilet. <laughs> if, you're, if the belt is a problem then you have more problems than just, you know, issues with the bathroom. Why do you take your belts off? F in the chat for any cosplayers and or professionals that have to wear a full bodysuit that only zips in the back, so you have to undress completely in order to do anything. Oh, no, 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 no. See, I... Yeah, completely I assed complete, out naked you know, on the toilet. I completely, like, no, I completely <laughs> understand that. Yep, when you yep. are wearing certain items of clothing, you have to disrobe completely. I, that, that's a, I get that, yes. Yeah. This, this is why I don't actually wear those onesies to bed. Because, you know, being all warm and comfortable and then waking up in the middle of the night and having to completely disrobe just to go to the bathroom, not a fun thing. Well, unless but, you get the onesies with the back belt. flap. This is, this is a belt that should be in your pants. And, like, my, my thing is, is that because it's a belt, these things are, you know, in pockets. So the, the belt is through the pant loops and these pockets are stuck on the belt loops. So how do you get the belt off? That means that you're not wearing the belt correctly if you're able to take the belt off and still have all of these things attached to your belt. I guess we'll have having to... more questions than answers. I think we'll have, I guess we'll have to ask this guy to find out. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Oh, boy. Uh, the Tanka Company wants to create a masturbatory aid for people to use in outer space. Well, that so is the next logical, you know, leap. Okay. Already this article's sounding weird. Like a lot of little boys, Koichi Matsumoto had a deep interest in space. He didn't grow up to be an astronaut or astronomer, though. Instead, he grew up to be the president of Tenga, Japan's leading maker of ma male masturbation aids, and also its strange fitness goods. <laughs> but even as the customers reach for their thongs, he's still reaching for the stars, and he's just announced the Tenga Rocket Project, a joint venture between Tenga and Interstellar Technologies, which aims to launch a Tenga rocket into space. The proposed rocket would fly to an altitude of about 62 miles or 100 kilometers before drifting back down into the ocean. There's more to the project than the obvious phallic imagery and similarities of a shaft rising and falling with a moist splash. <laughs> uh, the rocket will contain messages of, hope, of the hopes and dreams of a thousand people placed inside tanka-shaped pods for the round trip to space and back, as well as the tanka robot figure in a spacesuit. The most important cargo isn't some fun marketing gimmick, but a piece of research equipment that Tenka hopes to be the key to developing its next generation self-pleasure tool, the Space Tenga. Okay. Uh... Oh, would you look at that? It actually has little fins on it like a rocket. <laughs> oh, boy. And if all goes well, the Tango rocket will launch from Japan from the island of Hokkaido sometime within the coming summer. 
Uh, I'll get the obvious one out of the way. In space, no one can hear you come. <laughs> well, that's only one up what I was thinking. <laughs> what? I think the original line still works. Well, if you can't hear your partner scream, I don't think you're doing it right. <laughs> but well, in space, you can't hear it. Hey-o! So it just means you have to try harder. I guess so. All right. This is what this is what I came. I'm not worried about you know collecting the uh, expelled product. You do know how liquid behaves in space, right? <laughs> and how even a little oh, cat. And how, like, even a little flaked-off uh, graphite from a pencil can slip into, the like, the insides of a machinery and short something out and send the whole thing sending, like, in the sending, uh, make the whole thing go haywire? <laughs> yep, and back then, Damien agreed with you. <laughs> but how about, th this? this is what I was thinking. Fapping. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Tenga Prize. That's all I got. Uh, Anywho. <laughs> so it would be too boldly come and not too boldly go? Depending on your preference. <laughs> be a hell of a way to go, coming and going at the same time. <laughs> I think we need to move. Do we all not understand that this is why they keep telling us to bring a towel with us? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Maybe they're just having trouble keeping millionaire space dicks out of space holes. Gives <laughs> <sighs> <Ooh. laughs> new meaning to Mile High Club, I suppose. What was that line that Jay said? Finding uh, alien races and fucking them. That, that's <laughs> it would be what the space exploration for, right? Yeah, but Kirk already beat him to that. <laughs> well, that was the point. <laughs> true, true, true. All right, so our next story is about a new bar in Japan for people who want to drink alone. And, you know, I, I, I totally get that. I mean, like, you have Ichiran Ramen where you have your own personal booth where you sit there, they put, they slide the food out, you eat, you pay, and you leave. I like being social. But there are times I just want to go into a bar, have a beer, not be bothered, and go about my way. For me, that's, that's a good time after having a rough day. But the thing is, in Japan, a lot of pubs are set up for large groups. Whether it's for groups of friends or co-workers, you're going to find more tables than counter seats for the long and short. Same with um, semi-private rooms. Now, there is a pub called uh, the Juden Highball. It's going to open up in the city of Hakodate in the Hokkaido Prefecture. They do things differently. They have 
one person booths and i think this is awesome by making this a, a, making every seat a one person booth juden highball allows for a measure of social distancing while you enjoy a cold one as per japanese drinking culture and a few side dishes to go with it now, the way it's, it's laid out, it's going to make it a little bit harder for you to get a ser have a server bring you your food and drinks. Each table has, no, each seat has a self-ordering tablet. You have power outlets and free Wi-Fi. So you can order your food, catch up on work, charge your phone. I like that. Granted, you're not supposed to bring your work with you in a way, but think about it. You go into a booth, you break out your laptop, charge it, plug in your phone. Grab the tablet, punch in your order. There you are. You catch you up on an email while having some um, karaage and a nice pint of Asahi. I mean, I, I can get with that. Uh, to me, though, the the thing, the idea has already kind of been done. And mm -hmm. it's actually a story that we talked about a few months back. Um, I'll post the article here. All right, go for but it. The, remember that manga library that has yep. the all-you-can-drink beer ticket thing? Yeah. I feel like that's a very similar idea, but they actually give you activities to do. <laughs> yeah, where in this case, you're just you're just a salary man that wants something to eat, a beer, charge your phone, and go, and just go about your day. That's basically is it. And this place, Juden Highball, opens on February fifth. It takes its name from Juden, the Japanese word for recharge, symbolizing the pub's hope that it can serve as an oasis for people who are feeling emotionally drained from the severe lifestyle changes that have been brought on during the pandemic. Even when things eventually do get back to normal, it sounds like it could be the place for introverts who could use a beer, cocktail, or a glass of sake, you know, in a way like how there is a cafe in Tokyo for negative-minded people. And be like, I'm trading in my tea for sake and leave the bottle. Mm -hmm. <sighs> All right, Ichigo. Well, um, you know, I feel like if the house owner maybe had the pub, maybe they wouldn't have resorted to this particular situation. Now, I know. This year and last year have been kind of overwhelming for all of us, but I don't think any of us on the podcast would have turned to a salt and pepper. Oh. Um, the guest house owner was arrested for a slashing guest who sprinkled too much pepper on his own food. reading somewhere that in France it's considered rude to put ketchup on food that's been prepared by someone else at a nice restaurant or home. The logic being that since the other person put a lot of effort into creating a certain taste, it would be rude to drown it out with tomatoes and vinegar. It kind of makes sense. And even though Japan doesn't have such a custom, when served intimately cooked meals, it's probably best practice to leave it as the server intended out of respect alone. It's just a polite gesture, however, and nothing will probably happen here if you do choose to liven things up with some custom amounts of sauce or spices. Probably. However, a guest in a guest house in the Ujirara area of Ise City, Mie Prefecture, was the scene of an assault case between the owner, 46-year-old Jen Ryu Aragaki, and 52-year-old visitor. According to police, in October of last year, the victim came to the guest house, nestled at the front of the mountains near the famous Ise Grand Shrine, and had dinner. 
When the food was served, the victim put some black pepper on it. However, the amount of pepper upset Eragaki greatly. He punched the guest in the head and then brandished a chef's knife at him, shouting such threats as, I'll kill you! In the midst of the flurry of threats, punches, and kicks, Aragaki's knife cut the victim in his finger, causing injuries that Oof. took two weeks to heal. Now, if this is not a poor uh, pun or punchline of this particular situation, the guest house was called Foolery Guest House. F O O L E R Y Guest House. Arrest. Aragaki admitted to becoming enraged by the amount of pepper used, but denies some of the charges, claiming he hadn't intended to cut the victim. Uh-huh. The two men apparently had known each other for a long time, so it is possible that the death threats and knife play are part of their foreplay. I mean, regular <laughs> relationship. <laughs> I see what you did there. Charges might suggest otherwise. Netizens commented things like, I don't really like seasoning so much, but I won't go anywhere while they t- where they tell you how to eat your food. I'd like to know the amount that pushed him over the edge. That's scary. I'm sorry. I love putting pepper on my ramen. Please don't kill me. Get a load of the pepper police. <laughs> what kind of food was it? I kind of want to go there if they take so much pride in it. The website for Foolery Guest House, also known as Guest House Gukyoen, doesn't mention much about food aside from a breakfast of raw egg on rice, or tamago kake gohan, or miso soup for 500 yen, roughly about $4.80 US. The reports, however, say that the incident took place over an evening meal. It seems like it's a rather nice guest house, though, with a good location and pretty high ratings on Google and other hotel websites. While some didn't like the rustic aspects, a lot of former guests praised it, um, but it's not clear if that was actually Aragaki or another staff member. Um, If you're traveling to Mie, though, um, you might consider staying at this quaint crime scene. However, go easy on the pepper if you do. You see, that kind of reminds me of like that meme I've seen where, you know, it shows a guy, you know, shredding cheese onto a dish and it says, says, say when that room fills up with cheese, Mm -hmm. no survivors. Or it's one where people who tell you you have you have you have too much Parmesan on your food are not are not friends. You don't need friends like that in your life. Something like that. You know, I'm one of those unfortunate uh, sociopaths that will lock eyes with the server until and, and make them sweat and question why they exist while they shave me some Parmesan. That, I think that's all of us, basically. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of Parmesan. Fine, Asiago. No. No, it's just a salty cheese that people add to food, and I want to be able to taste the food. Well, whatever cheese that you like a lot of. Cheese. Okay, Monterey Jack. Okay, we have gone way over the allotted time, but we've had so much fun tonight and all that good stuff. And Sia Tabiri says, if you want to be treated bad, just go to Dick's Last Resort instead. Oh, we know. Believe you me, my friend, we know. We're 
just making right. up for last week. We're giving yep. you a double serving of Anime Jam session tonight, guys. Open wide. <laughs> After all of that we've talked about, no. Just no. <laughs> yes. No yes. double dosing, no opening wide, just no. <laughs> On a different note, uh, the groundhog did say we have six more weeks of winter for anybody who missed that. Just so you know, six Puck... more weeks of wine. No, that just look. First thing first, fuck Puck Swanee Phil. I'm a New Yorker, is what Staten Island Chuck said. And to be perfectly honest, I don't even remember what the hell he said. But you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, Staten Island a real borough. No, it exactly. doesn't matter. It does not matter. It does not matter what the hell this little rodent is saying. There are still six weeks of winter, whether it saw its shadow or not. And in your case, six more weeks of wine. Exactly. So if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at AnimeJamSession.com. Again, that is podcast at AnimeJamSession.com. We're here to believe you. And don't forget to check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where we have our weekly podcasts, convention reviews, links to our YouTube videos, links to our Facebook galleries, anime reviews and editorials, cosplay tips and tricks, and cosplay interviews, and then some. It's all at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, if you like this show, you can find us on any podcasting app you have. Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. Search Anime Jam Session. Check out all prior episodes, like over 480 episodes for your listening pleasure. Some good, some bad, and kind of enjoyable. So really enjoy it for what it is. And don't forget to follow us on social media at YouTube slash anime jam session for our convention videos twitter.com slash anime jam session for when we're going live articles on our website facebook.com anime jam session for sometimes i'll throw some videos up there uh you'll see our convention photos and then some and we appreciate you throwing money at us for what we do and we really appreciate it all that money goes back into the site so that we can keep things going and other equipment we would need to keep the sites going and everything else uh, streamlabs.com slash anime jam session ko-fi.com slash anime jam session and you know throw us a bit or subscribe to us we we appreciate every little thing so now we're gonna go around the room last words Ari uh, I'm just eager to get to bed I know I don't have to go into work tomorrow but I'm still friggin tired from no, I, I feel you I feel overnight you, shifts uh, I feel you on that one Last words, Mako-chan. I get yummy food this weekend, and I am so excited. No shit, really? What you getting? Um, mom is making me homemade chicken fried chicken. All right, I want more of her lasagna. That good. I want a tray of that lasagna, though. I can make you lasagna. The next time you're over, I will have a tray of lasagna made for you. Because I will be taking it home with me, so... Of course that you will. That's delicious. why it's just going to go into the freezer as is. Awesome. Last, mm-hmm. last words. Ichigo. 
Well, I am hoping to come back strong this Thursday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, my channel, twitch.tv slash strawberrypaperdoll. But otherwise, I will see you guys next Tuesday here on twitch.tv slash anime jam session. My last words. Um, I'm going to have me some ice cream, relax, and watch more Lucifer. And then maybe I'll find something else to watch or get into some games. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Well, that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Anime Jam Session. And don't forget to catch me at Under the Pale on Graz Super Grosnar Brothers this Thursday at 9. That's it. We're getting out of here. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. That is it. Perfect. We're out of here. See you next week. Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!